Welcome to another edition of Revealing the Diamond. I'm your host, Tiago Prem Singh. Want to give a shout out to our sponsors, Seed. Uh, they make incredible pants, hemp pants. Uh, they're really versatile. You can wear them for all sorts of different activities, skateboarding, rock climbing, yoga, whatever it is that you love doing. They also look great in urban environments. They also look great when you're in quarantine at your house by yourself. Haha. <laughs> And also shout out to Minds Dye for the amazing fabrics that uh, they dye and uh, share with the world on Etsy. You can also check them out on Instagram at Minds Dye. Uh, and Seed is I am Seed on Instagram or theseedstore.ca. Uh, it's been an interesting time on the planet. As many of you know, you're probably staying closer to home. Um, I hope you're well. I hope that you're managing this, uh, taking good care of your mental health, making time and space to be out in nature, uh, to practice breathing deep, to do meditations, to be with your family, and to just take it one day at a time, to know that you have enough energy for the next day. Don't feel like you have to take it all in at once because, hey, that can be really overwhelming. Uh, this episode, I sit down with my partner, SJ. We haven't really done this before. thought it was a good time to do it since we're around each other. Um, and we're just going through our processes of what does uh, all of this mean, you know, with everything that's happened in Kundalini Yoga Land and everything that is happening in the global pandemic. I thought it was a great opportunity to sit down and uh, let her have a chat and with you guys and let you know how she's doing and how she's managing this, but also... Uh, what are her thoughts and insights as for the Dharma Temple going forward? And uh, it's a great conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Um, she also does one-on-one uh, counseling and support. If that's something that you're interested in, you can always DM me or uh, reach out to her at sj at thedharmatemple.com. Um, follow her, Radiance and Ritual. I think we say that on the show. Follow her, at Radiance and Ritual, on Instagram. And if you're not already following the Dharma Temple, check out the Dharma Temple. If you have any uh, questions about uh, anything that we talk about, or you just have comments, or whatever it might be, you can always email me at tiagoprem at thedharmatemple.com or DM me on Instagram at tiagoprem. Uh, yeah, I think that's it for now. If you love the show, please share it with your friends. Uh, rate us, review us on whatever platforms you listen to podcasts on. And I think that's good for now. I have lots of online stuff happening. So if you want information about online uh, classes and that kind of thing, the best thing to do is to just check out the Instagram. We have a recovery circle that's going to happen for free on Zoom Thursday morning at 10 a.m. And this is just bringing up a lot of shifts and changes and how we interact with each other. And it's also reminding us to return to the earth. So I hope you're managing it well. Enjoy the episode and we'll chat with you soon. Love you. Satnam. All right. So there's a lot going on in the world, as many of you know, um, because you're probably stuck in your house or something to that effect and can't go to the Dharma temple or can't go to your regular maybe yoga classes or maybe it's affecting your work or maybe it's maybe you're immune compromised. Maybe you have. Uh, older people in your home, whatever it might be, this is a big shift for everybody from all walks of life with this global pandemic. And then as many of you uh, probably also know, there's been a big shift in the Kundalini Yoga realm. And I just thought it would be a great opportunity to get uh, my wonderful partner, SJ. Uh, she's such a key part of Dharma Temple and a key part of the work that I do. 
and also, you know, the center of our home as the m mother of our child and my partner in life. So I thought, what a great opportunity to explore uh, on Revealing the Diamond, uh, our process and how we got to where we are. And we're really open uh, about where this is going to go. Um, but I just wanted to take this time while, while we're going through our stuff individually and collectively um, to talk about it with each other. So thanks for doing this with me. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so maybe a good place to start is like with your journey in how you started to practice uh, kundalini yoga just so maybe some people who listen to the show don't know you as well and uh, I think that might be a good sort of foundation or springboard sure um, so I had a pretty dedicated practice of vinyasa and the lineages connected to um, Krishnamacharya so ashtanga yoga um, and I got into Jiva Mukti with beautiful teacher Tina James as well as yourself when we first met you were teaching up at Tina's studio so um, became interested in that practice and specifically um, that's when I kind of got turned on to veganism and plant-based life and just uh, encompassing the yogic te techniques for a more compassionate way of life way of living outside of just the poses which is where I first came to with Ashtanga and then and then kind of falling into um, and then I was practicing a lot of Anasara and so I mean even in these three lineages that I just named outside of uh, Jiva Mukti, um, the, the men who brought these practices to us were faulted men and, um, and uh, participated in abuse of their families and students in, in, in these cases that we've seen um, with John Friend and Patabi and Krishnamacharya. And so, yeah, I, when everything kind of surfaced lately around Yogi Bhajan, it wasn't really a surprise to me, um, but I can get into that in a little bit. I'll start with where I came to Kundalini. So before you go any further, I'd also like to say that in the Jiva Mukti Yoga lineage, there's also been scandal with some of the founding women. So it's everywhere. Yeah, I think that's kind of where all of this is, re is, is it's coming up to the surface that um, yeah, there's there's shadow and everything and and you know specifically yogic and practices intended for healing are not exempt from that and I think that specifically sexual misconduct misconduct is still rampant in the yoga communities and I think it's it's important that this is coming to light now so that we can address it and and learn to direct our focus to abolishing that kind of um, those tendencies and make it a safe, uh, truly a safer space for everybody to come and practice and, 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 and work through their stuff. So anyway, I'll go back to Kundalini, what brought me to Kundalini. So I got pregnant. <laughs> we got pregnant unexpectedly um, after even having some health problems myself and some hormonal issues and not, and being told actually that I wouldn't be able to have a baby naturally that I would probably have to resort to IVF and so I went into a spiral of depression and uncertainty and not feeling fully able to trust my body or feel empowered as a woman um, I was yeah I kind of had the rug pulled out from under me having received that news from um, the western system and then all the while actually being pregnant <laughs> so it was an odd time 
um, kind of caught us by surprise, but a blessing nonetheless, certainly, especially with all of that going on. Um, and then, yeah, you bought me Gurmuk's book, like right out of the gate. And and this is, you know, you you weren't someone interested in Kundalini. We didn't really know anything about Kundalini other than it looked weird and we didn't really want anything to do with it back then. Um, but yeah, I got Gurmuk's book, Bountiful, Beautiful, Blissful. I loved it. Um, if you haven't read the book, it opens with a loss. You know, she lost a, a beautiful child. And um, I think that that really needs to be, you know, the, that kind of grief needs to be normalized. We Women lose people. People lose babies, children all the time. There's miscarriages. There's, you know, unwanted pregnancies. And there's a grief around that. And I think, like, especially right now, what's coming to light and, you know, these idols falling from grace and you know the systems failing us is that there is a collective grief that we need to address and um, so I really appreciated that in that book how it kind of opened with that and then led into these beautiful meditations for um, for mama and baby for partners um, and that were rooted in the kundalini practice of that Gurmukh was so devoted is so devoted to which came down from Yogi Bhajan. So that was my intro into Kundalini. Um, and then I just started practicing it. And I also, you know, I went and I would jump around with Gloria at Semper Viva and I enjoyed it. And I remember asking like about some specific um, things that we did. And I didn't, you know, I didn't get, she didn't get too deep on where they came from or anything like that. Actually, I wasn't really pointed towards Yogi Bhajan or Kundalini necessarily, just, you know, basically on the anatomical focus or you know this is for the heart and that was good enough but not good enough really so I started digging around and um, doing reading and I just knew that at, at some point that I would do a training as my next um, endeavor but this was like my baby was young and I was just kind of finding my way way back onto my mat and the kundalini meditations were really um, sustaining me through that time of having a, a young baby and you know being woken up several times in a, in a night if if getting sleep at all and leaning on sound current um, which was not and is not unique to kundalini yoga like we'd we'd already been chanting and loving you know the vibration of sacred sound for a long time but as you might know us um, sound is like a pillar in our life so we listen to all things and we're singing chanting playing music of all kinds all the time so that was kind of like also, uh, I just wanted to take a moment and say for the people who don't live in Vancouver, when she says jumping around with Gloria at Sembra Viva, there's a like a big multi-studio uh, yoga business in Vancouver, and they have Kundalini yoga, but you wouldn't know to look at it that it was Kundalini yoga. It's like a big aerobics dance party or something like that. Yeah, I mean, Laura is a beautiful teacher and she has um, a really incredible way of, I think, making the like the basics of Kundalini as taught by Yogi Bhajan accessible to people. Um, and and so there isn't, you know, she doesn't follow specific Kriyas. She does things kind of, you know, in her own way, which now I'm seeing as all of this is kind of crumbling, which, you know, I've adapted that too. But um, I'm just... It, I'm curious to see if more people will actually follow that kind of side of just doing what you want with the techniques and not really having the intimacy and formalities that were um, expressed in the way that Yogi Bhajan intended it to be. Um, 
but anyways that's just those are all that's all just hearsay for now um and anyway like kundalini kind of brought me home to myself i think like stop slowing down um not having a lot of time with a new baby dipping my toes into you know a three minute breath or a little you know simple set to to kind of connect me back into myself was really like integral in those early days of having a young child and and so it was yeah I I didn't I had my other practices and I've always had my other practices and will continue to you know be a student of life and and be open to what is presented to me as as uh tools that I can use to sustain myself to to unlearn and deprogram, um, to heal and to help my daughter and the youth um, to be to to be an empowered leader, I think is important to me. And so, um, yeah, I think that's kind of where I'm at right now with things. So, <laughs> you've been a student of many different practices of yoga for a, a long time, and I think that's an important part of this conversation is that people kind of get that experience from you or that that part of the story where it's like you really were committed to a yogic lifestyle and practice as well as a lot of earth practices that you grew up with in your family um, and you were also a sensitive child that maybe that was not always uh, re rewarded or supported or embraced um, in your upbringing and you have loving parents and, and everything like that but it was a different time right and then so you are pregnant you find this practice you really uh, what was it that made it you know why not just carry on with the practices that you're already doing um, I think that there was honestly like there was more of a maybe it was in just like that specific book because Gurmukh was writing for mothers and as I was crossing this threshold from um, you know being a being a young woman you know free fancy free and just you know doing the hustle as most young yogis are you know are going to studio studio teaching classes focusing on my practice my body it's primarily about me and I'd be cr crossing this threshold into where I was having going to have to really uh, commit to caring for and sustaining another. And so the language that that was written in um, really struck me. And then, I mean, in that languaging also was where it isn't all about you. There is a collective and as mothers, as um, I think all people that are a part of this awakening slash birth process, we're here to usher in a new way of being a new age so we're all midwifing this time on the planet and it's uncomfortable but we have incredible ancient wisdom ancestral knowledge knowledge of the earth teachings that are are here to work with humanity in harmony with the planet so that we can bring ourselves into greater balance and greater health and really uplift each other and and create a more circular economy and so yeah these concepts of me to we um which those were kind of really st struck me because it wasn't just about me anymore it was going to be 
not just we and you and I, not just we, me and us three, um, but like fostering more of a, a community where where I could call on my neighbors for help, my community for help for meals. And, and you know, I think that was like a leaning into just a new time for me um, to to ask for help. And I think that that's a really common thing for new moms. We it's hard to ask for that. And, and it, because I think that the way that the world has kind of gone is the, you know, young moms, they tend to feel really isolated. Young families tend to feel really isolated. It's isolating. It's like you have a new baby, you don't know what to do with it. And so I really leaned into those tools then. Um, stillness, mantra, breath, I guess. I mean, the, I was still chanting and loka samasta suki no bhavantu, blessing up our food. And I wasn't like primarily, I didn't ever just like, okay, it's this, you know. So it was just more tools and I was hungry for it, you know. I'd kind of had the same staples for a while and it was just like this vast breadth of things that I could potpourri and create a beautiful sadhana that felt really aligned to where I was at that particular time. Yeah, and I think the practices that you had have been a support through all the ups and downs of being a new parent and being an entrepreneur and um, even in our ups and downs of our relationship. And you've ha always sort of leaned on different practices, like you do your asanas or you do your tea meditation or you go for a run or you sing or you you know, you make food or you do all these different things, right? And it's not just a one way. Uh, there's only one way, I guess. That's where I'm going with that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that we're, you were human beings and we're multifaceted. We're multidimensional. And I think I've always just kept an openness and will continue to because I truly believe that we all have gifts to share and there is tremendous wisdom that everybody has and holds and can access. And when we're open then we can receive that from another and not think that we know better because like certainly I think that that's made to a fault sometimes I am like I can bow and and really listen and, and take it in and it isn't without a lens of discernment like I've been really wary of the guru um, disciple relationship and in fact like I've never said that I've had even a teacher I've had teachers but people are like who's your teacher and I, it's never just been one and only I've had many teachers um, I think now my daughter is now going to be eight so like primarily like she's been my greatest teacher as I think mother earth is um, but like putting all of my <laughs> faith in one man has never spoken to me and I think now with what's happening and what's been revealed in the realm of kundalini like I'm I'm embarrassed of my um naivety and just kind of not feeling not being I, maybe naive but also like lack of transparency but also like can we really put our faith in organizations to, to reveal all of the dirt on people and things? And, and okay, in this age of where all information is now available, it's all at the click of a button, um, and you can see it, and you can pull the, the blinds back, I think it's great. I think I want to see it, and it isn't to, bypa to bypass it and just blindly continue to follow. It's to really, like, put these things under the microscope and go, okay, like what is true what is real like what do I align with and I think like in terms of 
kundalini like it's not kundalini taught by as taught by yogi bhajan it's kundalini as in a consciousness as in an energy that we can all access all yogas are leading to that ascension process but is it just ascension no there's like a tremendous amount of work that needs to be done in this physical plane and that's where earth-based practice and doing your yoga asana and and being in your body and really connecting to what is here now as a means to kind of work with it um, to move through it right not to just go it's just ascension no there's also embodiment and there's a a a part of going into what is uncomfortable what feels shameful where are we carrying guilt how are we you know how are we hoarding and holding ourselves back from really being in that space of true compassion and acceptance and so I think with what's coming up um, in the kundalini as taught by yogi bhajan and 3ho connected community like i have a, a great deal of compassion for people that were really invested in it but i don't know i feel like i saw this all coming and i tried to keep a good arm's length from being a part of that like even with creating the dharma temple like it was yeah we're gonna have kundalini it's gonna be kundalini in the way that we're sharing tools and techniques for higher consciousness it's not a bleep it's not a brand you know and so when people come to my class in person you know we do lots of things uh and i try to create it as actually like a ceremonial space where it's like you're one way when you come in and you're another when you leave and and that's not to say you're you know you're you're better or you're worse when you leave but it is to like shift the energy and to bring stuff up and that stuff is sometimes difficult to look at but when we do it together in a community and know that we're kind of all going through it at one time or another you know that's nature there's this you know beauty beauty of birth and then there's the pain of death and we're not exempt um from either of those experiences but can we can we hold them both and can we have compassion for our fellow you know humans when we're in the other and also celebrate when we're in the other you know so i think like that's always been my intent and going forward i mean i'm gonna be vocal about taking a stand against um you know bigotry misogyny xenophobia homophobia like i'm we've already been dissolving like the gender binary within the context of yogic teachings in our trainings aquarian luminosity trainings which are not a teacher training it's a lifestyle you know leadership course um and a really there's been so much good that's come out of it and you know with having you know trans folks in it this year and you know we're unlearning as we go which is what's so beautiful about this process is that it's a living it's a living practice this is our life is our livelihood and we are you know unafraid of going through the flames sometimes and that's what brings um that's what brings transformation and we're seeing the fucking burning of the patriarchy and the crumbling of the systems and structures that we've you know I think as a yoga community have put a lot of faith in oh you got to get your yoga alliance 200 tt we also said that to that you know organization years ago too it's just like believing in our self and in our authenticity and what is rooted in our hearts to what we know what is is true for us you know it's just one way our you know what has worked for us and we have different ways of sharing that even in this dynamic yourself and and me but it's just about trying to really impart the things that um, we feel are of value and then offering it in a way that encourages the individual to connect to their values and find a way to access it in a way that works for them you know so 
I feel good um, even in this mess um, that I know that we're doing something wholesome and that is in alignment with with where our hearts are. Yeah, lots, lots of great uh, insights there. I think, you know, for those of you don't who don't know, we have um, when we started practicing um, Kundalini Yoga and getting a little deeper into the study, uh, we did have a vision of sharing this training that was incorporated all of the different practices that we've accumulated over the years. So it's not just one thing. And we wanted Kundalini Yoga to be a part of that. And we, I had been mentoring with Guru Singh and I had talked to him about, you know, do you think this is a, a good idea? Cause I wanted to be respectful and not just be like, I'm just doing, we're just going to do our own thing. And he said, you have to do it. Like, go ahead, make it happen. And out of the gate, it was, it was pretty like heavily influenced and I'll take responsibility for that on like Kundalini Yoga because I was having this life changing experience with it. Um, with exploring sobriety and that kind of thing but then as time has gone by as you said it it is evolving and it is incorporating more of our own experience as we're gaining more experience with dealing with the times and so uh, you know I want to say all that just to say that it's been remarkable to see not only the transformation in the students that have gone through that but the transformation in ourselves so the question now is and this is a good one to ask uh for myself as well as for anybody who's listening to this where do we go with aquarian luminosity from here and also where do we go with the approach to kundalini yoga because there are some aspects of the practice that really work there are other aspects of the practice that we don't do anyway which will be easy to leave behind and then there's other conversations about like oh is it going to be triggering for people to tune in with the uh, Ong Namo Guru Dave Namo or you know should we be wrapping our heads and you know all of those questions that you see all online if you go in the Premka group on Facebook and that kind of thing so just based on your own feeling and and I know it may change tomorrow and I think anybody who's listening to that knows that too but I think it's cool to talk about it because a lot of people connected to this technology you know one day it's like it's okay we can do this and the next day is like i don't want anything to do with this and then the next day you're kind of indifferent and um in your own personal experience today on this day while we're talking about it where do we go with kundalini yoga and then follow that up with you know where do we go with aquarian luminosity from here well i mean that's such a big question because it is shifting as i process um i think with those kind of shadows emerging surrounding Yogi Bhajan and the organizations that he created and um, that we're not affiliated to, um, but certainly being a part of this community of global kundalini yogas, you know, we have people that are have been involved. And um, anyways, it's just it's just been heartbreaking, to be honest, like because there was so much gold in the teachings and I've spoken to like a few of my friends that teach and practice elsewhere in the world like Paris and and you know Australia and anyway just you know we're all kind of you know shocked but not but then because it's like what lineage is what lineage is pure like that's kind of where I'm looking at that and and also like what practice and teacher out of the like 
you know, this Kali Yuga age of misogyny and, um, you know, me and mine mentality and the only one and the, you know, who ha who is not flawed, you know, not that's not to. Anyways, I'm just I feel like there is no pure source. The pure source is the earth herself. So anyway, that's aside. Where is it go going? Where am I sitting at present? Well, first of all, when I heard all of that, I think that I my reaction was like to run as fast and far away from Yogi Bhajan and that is possible um, and then also being like well I'm not really doing that anyway but also there is things that I do like tuning in and I have an intimate relationship with that particular ma mantra having practiced it for the last nine years before I knew about Yogi Bhajan you know like while I was pregnant chanting to my unborn baby like that was really soothing for me as an anchor to come home to myself and I didn't ever look at it as I was you know giving power to a man or to you know I was it was using it as an opportunity to call on my higher self and to open myself to um to guidance and and to also to trust this process that was unfolding and has been a daily anchor for that and so when all this kind of emerged that was one of my first things like do I drop the tune in and and so because I'm navigating it, I've been transparent in my classes, like, because I'm still, they're called kundalini. It's not called kundalini yoga. Um, and I've been just saying, like, I'm navigating my relationship with kundalini and the relationships that I have to certain tools. And, like, for now, I'm offering this mantra as an anchoring at the start of class. Um, and this is what it means to me. And, and just sharing that openly. And, you know, obviously I... Anything that I share, I, I kind of, I offer with, as an invitation um, to people to take it or leave as they wish. Obviously, if there's things that I'm sharing that don't resonate, I would hope that it would just be like water and wash over you and, and you just leave and you take what resonates. And I think personally, like where I'm feeling called to share kundalini is just, yeah, leaning into the scope of my practices and tools, make, simplifying them so they're as accessible as as possible um keeping things trauma informed so people feel they have a choice as i feel like as a victim of sexual misconduct and things myself like i think that's i'm i'm triggered <laughs> a lot and i think that it's important for us to feel safe especially if we're coming into a, um, a vulnerable space like a group setting and and so i just really try to to hold that compassionate center and invite people in um as where as in terms of where is it going globally i don't really know i think that there's people like branching off and doing great things um you know who are really steeped and rooted in um kundalini but also are you know awake to the fact that shit needs to change there's old timey language that doesn't stand up anymore and i think like the more teachers that we have at this time people holding a high frequency um but not bypassing a shadow actually be able to stand steady in themselves and and see through a, a clear mind to really address what's in front of them in the most heart-centered and compassionate way like that's what we need we need more and more people not sharing kundalini just sharing sharing tools as a means to uplift and a, a means to get people to like look 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 at all this like Yogi Bhajan is one spoke, you know, or like one person 
one man in thousands of years of men mistreating people and like that's the bigger problem and it's like how are we going to address the magnitude of that if we don't have a practice and so I think going back to where he said like where do you see it you know and and me saying like hearing about these atrocities connected to Yogi Bhajan um, and me wanting to run fast and far away I realized like running fast and far away would just be another one of my tendencies which in all my yogic practices I'm working to cultivate the opposite so sitting in what is rather than fucking escaping um, or wanting to escape or wanting to take drugs or alcohol or you know flee the country whatever um and sitting in it and sit and being with it and just asking myself these simple mantra like these simple questions every day like what is true like and you know I I tried not tuning in and then I tried tuning in and and then you know I'm still navigating that so I'm not clear um but I'm going to be clear and upfront with my studentship um the people that choose to come and practice with me in person and people that reach out to me online like I don't think I'm like I've never boxed myself into just being a kundalini yogi or you know um certainly I've I've learned a lot and and uh integrated a lot of this this particular practice but I don't and I don't think um, that I'm going to scrap it entirely you know because I think that those things that were channeled through Yogi Bhajan are not Yogi Bhajans I think that um, we are all the divine channel we all have access to sharing um, these kind of tools and practices and yeah he was a flawed vessel and there's a lot that I can happily leave but there are certain things that ha I've used over these years uh, and they're they're yogic tools and I don't think that they're they just they belong to him and therefore he can't have them and I'm not going to give him that power you know certain things like I'm not you know I'm still navigating mm -hmm. but I think something that you said at a meeting that we had recently that I loved is that your mantra these days is I don't know and and you know such a simple statement but I, that's been really useful for me in the last little while where it's like we live in such like an instant culture like it's like you have an opinion and you say it online and share it with your thousands of friends or yeah you have a question and you google it and everything is instant 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 and then when you feel something on like a really deep heartfelt level where you where your foundation seems shaky or you know you feel de depressed or you feel you know like using and you've been clean for a long time and where did that come from or whatever it is and you feel like that shake and then you think because of the collective consciousness that you have to like fix it right away and uh, i think that there's a lot of harm in that and i think there's a lot of uh medicine in just being like in the challenge in the un instability and just being like i don't really know right now and that's okay yeah that's okay because i think where you're saying about like the instant like you have a question like there's no waiting anymore like this is something that we see in our daughter it's like when we were kids it's just like you know when's your show on oh it's on next sunday and so you have to <laughs> wait like get the Betamax out and tape it if you're going to be, you know, out playing with your friends, building forts with sticks or something. <laughs> and so there was more patience, I think, naturally built into our culture back when we were kids 
Um, whereas now it's like I know my daughter knows that at any moment in any time she can she can watch whatever she wants like you know she's like oh I want to watch Sesame Street and we're, oh it, it doesn't exist by you know we don't say it's not on it's she go she knows like well go on YouTube Just press, the press button. a button like yeah. it's instant there's this it's instant and urgency and I think that in using I don't know it kind of allows us a little bit of space to sit in that I don't know and to find our, our to find our inner trust and trusting into that surrender of not knowing and allowing for the mind to settle so that there is more clarity and then maybe the answer is revealed and that's the you know the divine plan kind of taking shape and you don't get to control it and you don't get to click a button and make it go away or you don't get to have a pill and make it go away it, you just got to be okay with it not knowing and mm -hmm and just allowing for the trust. Mm -hmm. And another uh, thing that came out of that meeting that I think would be uh, beneficial for the people who listen to Revealing the Diamond would be to, you know, touch on in that meeting, there were several people who have gone through uh, Aquarian, leader, uh, Aquarian Luminosity Lifestyle and Leadership Training who are practicing what we teach at... Um, uh, Dharma Temple, and they didn't even know who Yogi Bhajan was. And they said, you know, I've had this life-changing experience with the technology that you share. And when I heard all of this coming up, I had to even Google who he was. Or people saying, I come here because of what you you offer. And, you know, not everyone is that. Some people are well aware, and some people are really hurt and heartbroken in our community, and as well as our global community as well. But I just thought it would be cool to share with people like, you know, this idea of being a, a curator and this idea of sharing these multiple um, techniques mm -hmm. and through your own experience and through your own listening and how that is such a key part of what you do individually, but also what we do together um, in our own way and also like how we share in Dharma Temple and how we encourage people to be. And I, I think that might be of use to, uh, to people on both sides of the fence. People are like, I just got into Kundalini Yoga and now this whole thing is exploding and I don't even know if I should keep doing this. And it could would also be useful to the person who's like, I've been doing this practice all, all along and now I feel like I don't have any ground to stand on. And I think, you know, just having a conversation about this, you know, being the alchemist, the curator, whatever you want to call it, how that is such a key part of our lives and what we share. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I think um, by nature, I think we're all highly creative beings and our mind is very creative. And, you know, I think where we come to these ancient techniques of yoga and meditation is to seek uh, clarity of mind and, you know, um, kind of alleviate our suffering from our distracting thoughts. Largely, of those are pre-programmed in our subconscious. And so, you know, we think about meditation as a cl cleansing of that so that you can be clear and open to, you know, the possibility of creative energy that is, you know, available when we get out of our own way. So I think, yes, by nature, we're creative. I think that I came to yoga as a source to be more creative. And 
you know, along the way I've accumulated many tools. And I think what we share in AQL is like we just provide this like buffet of beautiful techniques, tools from, from you know, lineages and teachers and, and tools that we've picked up along, along our, our path, bumpy path, I might add, you know. So it hasn't been a straight and narrow and smooth ride. Like we've really had to put these tools to work. Um, and therefore, when we come out the other side and we go, whoa, that was really hard. Like, thank God I got to lean on this. And it was this that got me through. And it was, you know, taking deep breaths through that moment, you know. And, and, and those, are, those are the things that we offer and I offer wholeheartedly and as an opportunity for people to pick what works and what they connect to. Like, I try to keep it as simple as possible. Um, you know you're going to dance for three minutes to your favorite song you're going to feel good after that so like why wouldn't you do that you know I mean obviously you don't really like dancing but put on your favorite song and you feel great you know mm -hmm. and so I think it's just an just before you go forward there I do like dancing it just depends what you're we're dancing to okay <laughs> everybody will be like he doesn't like dancing. What's wrong with that guy? Everybody who knows you probably <laughs> knows you don't like to dance. I like playing the music for people to dance to. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> um, it's, yeah, just kind of laying things out so people have things to choose from. Like the internet is like a vast array of things that we can choose to study and to read up on and to to learn about and um and then apply like you're a really learn apply person and we and we're you know we we are constantly seeking out new inspiration and um people creating new things or putting things together in new ways and so i think by 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 being open and learning from others and then you know imparting it to people who choose to come and study with us in our own way and then saying you know this this really worked for me you can take it you can use it like there's something really freeing in that I think and like it isn't about rules and I think that's where I've avoided a lot of those like you know guru culture kind of pieces where it's like it this is the system and you got to stick to it and I just have like like I said like just really been resistant you know this I mean he's Tiago Prem has been very he's very disciplined he's very very dedicated and disciplined and you know sometimes to a fault and we had we've had massive um learnings around that and it's it's been uncomfortable at times and I I really think that this we're finding the middle place where it's not too free and it's not too um discipline but there's this sweet center um and yeah and it's just like and everybody has their own sweet center and it isn't about following um, someone but certainly you might need some teachers and guides along the way and so that's like my pure intention is to just be a guide and and listen to people where they're at because everybody has a different story everyone has a different um perspective and has different needs at different times and I, so I think like not every teaching not every lesson is right for every person right then you know I and that's why I say like when I share things it's with the intention like you take what works and like you leave what what doesn't but just knowing that like what you know maybe you hear something that's not for you well maybe it's for your mom or maybe it's for your brother-in-law that's really going through it so it's like not everything is for everyone but I think that there's value in 
and things shared in in that in that space of of service if you could um give three because you said you like to keep it simple and i think you're really great at that actually like on sunday mornings at dharma temple when i get the chance i go to uh csj teach and she's a brilliant teacher she uh, attracts a lot of people from different walks of life and she has a great way of delivering the teachings in a way that is really tangible that you can hold in your hand she's also very good at um in the moment just like delivering what needs to be said like without making a big plan just like yeah. sitting in the seat and allowing it to flow through you but uh, i wondered um if you could just put you on the spot here mm -hmm. uh what are three things that you would recommend that somebody could do to navigate or to get through these times during this uh global pandemic and also with the um dismantling of the hierarchical structures um, in yogic communities, spiritual communities. What are three things that somebody could do mm -hmm. to get through and stay connected to their true self? So off the fly, um, I think in these times where there's like a lot of fear uh, in the collective and anxiety, certainly we haven't ever encountered a time like this it's it's truly remarkable and like i've definitely had moments where i've been spiraling so i'm i'm taking a dose of my own medicine when i share this but the energy of anxiety and and fear like it can be dense and i think when so many people are feeling that way then it's palpable and so you know when it, the energy is up here it's and it's vibrating and you know you're in that worry and concern and confusion like what's next like what if i don't what if there's not enough and da 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 it's time to get out of your head and into your body and the way that you know fear is a chemical response in our bodies you know our, our so you know we need to disperse that we need to channel that that energy out in a safe way and i think a fast way to do that is shaking so i mean i sh we shake a lot in the sunday morning class or we dance or it's usually a shake that turns into a dance um but yeah just, just bouncing up and down on the heels i often cue it as like when you bounce down on the heels you feel the earth reverberate back up through the body so your whole spine shakes and it's like you're dusting out an old rug and and just like letting that go and then sh shaking a little bit bigger try to move all your joints make you make sure that your arms go above your head so the lymph starts to move and you just yeah start to kind of detoxify by sweat a little bit and 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 shake and shake off the fear and shake off the doubt and shake off, shake off the anxiety and kind of meet that frequency and then the next exercise, I think, then after your shake would be this one I really like right now. Um, it's called, I call it clearing the table. And it's like a somatic exercise where you take your feet wide, wider than hip distance. And then you kind of just let your arms reach out in front of you. It's like in the movies when they clear the desk with the papers. Oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> dramatic clearing of the desk. Yeah. And that's what we need right now. It's like clearing the slate. I quit or like, or they're going to do something nasty on the desk. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so there's that too. But yeah, clearing the desk. So letting your, inhaling your arms to one side. And as you exhale, big sweep across the desk, inhale to the other, you know, and just back and forth, you know, maybe inhaling left and sweeping the cross as you exhale to the right and then switch it up after, you know, do a minute each like side strong hula, strong hula. <laughs> no sweeping it's sweeping and just sweeping. think about it it's like yeah. we're clearing the slate and yeah. like 
we're 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 pressing pause it's a sacred pause and it's a time for us to really clean up our life and look at how we've been living and so anyways let we you don't need to think about that when you're doing the exercise just breathe just clear just make it like big wild movement feet are rooted clearing the desk side to side and then from there coming back to center finding stillness i think really simply just Placing your hands on your heart or you could, you know, place one hand on your heart, one hand on your belly or I've been really enjoying Garuda Mudra, which is a mudra that I learned from one of my teachers and friends, Mara Branscombe. Um, and Garuda is the eagle and and what I do when I, so you cross your thumbs and then your hands are just kind of spread wide across the chest and your fingers kind of even come up towards your collarbones and it's this beautiful heart opener and you breathe into your hands and you connect to yourself and the heartbeat the one the oneness you know the drum um and you know after you've done your shake and your your desk clear so you probably feel your heartbeat you know strong and you're alive and you have a moment of gratitude and i love this mudra because the eagle is a heart visionary and i think this is the dawn of a new time and it's about giving yourself a little bit of space to take that step back to take in the big picture you know the eagle vision the eagle sees it all soars higher and than any other you know bird and and can really see it all and it's like taking in this whole landscape like wow it there's a lot you know happening on the planet that is unjust wow there's a lot i have to be grateful for you know wow like how can i how can i show up um even even in greater capacity to my own family, to my friends, to my community? How can I share what I have from a place of, of, of deep service, you know? And like share my gifts. Like where have we been holding back? I think this, this, this time is really showing us like where we haven't been living. Because I think with this virus is like what's coming up for a lot of people is like a fear of death. And like rightly so, You're, we're going to die. We're going to die one way or another. And like we're sad it's sad it's like we're gonna lose people to this and that's unfortunate for sure I mean my heart really goes out to everybody um you know that has been affected directly by this virus especially you know losing friends families anyway it, there's it's so multi-layered the 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 way that everyone's being affected by it so I'm, I'm really holding that the empathy um, but I think it is an opportunity to to really come into a greater alignment with our unique um, tr- truth within ourself and the greater truths that are are coming into light where we can really start to do better and take care of each other and take care of our earth as everything is fucking impermanent and we just need to lean in and, and listen. So I think out of this, you know, pl- placing that mudra and taking three minutes to listen to yourself and just connect to what's here for you now connect to your I don't know you know connect into the heart that that will inevitably lead you where you're meant to be and how you're meant to show up and so I think that those are my like three go-tos right now (laughs) that just came through um yeah I hope that that serves some of you in some capacity and let me know (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks so much for sitting down with me while we're on our staycation here, our global pandemic staycation. And I say that lightly, but also recognize that, you know, we are very privileged to be able to uh, sit here during this time and focus on our family and just 
you know, be quiet. And, and we're also entrepreneurs. We own a small business. Like there is a, an element of like, how long is this going to go on for? And are we going to be able to open up again? And, um, you know, and I also recognize that there are other uh, people like people who, you know, go to our daughter's school who like maybe childcare is going to be a real challenge if they don't go back to school or, um, you know, where's the money going to come from? And it, it's a big, 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 big issue. And so when I say, I say that it's me just, you know, applying my PMA positive mental attitude to say like, uh, there are elements of this that are scary and there are elements of this where we have privilege and I acknowledge that I'm just making a conscious effort to be positive about it. And I'm really thankful to all of the people who support us at the uh, Dharma temple and all of the people that support this podcast and all of the people who support us through the Aquarian luminosity trainings and through buying my book and who come to our workshops. And, you know, I'm, I'm really, really thankful that that's kind of where I'm going uh, with, with this and also thankful for you for all the work that you do to support this family and this community and um where can people so thank you everybody that's a big uh, global thank you going going out uh from our family to yours and just in closing wanted to uh have you let people know where they can find you um on instagram and what are you uh excited about sharing in the next little while hmm. um well my instagram is radiance and ritual um, so you can connect with me there. Um, I'd love to hear from you. And I, I share, I, I, I'm, to be honest, like I'm not, I'm, I'm pushing myself out a little bit more to speak on IG stories and, and whatnot. Um, mostly that my IG platform has, is, has been a place for me to share my heart after I've integrated times of shadow in my own life. And I feel like I'm a shadow person, so... I, I try to be open about that so that it can reach folks that might need to hear it, especially <clears throat> parents, mothers. I have a real, um, real uh, soft spot or consideration for, for new moms and, and fellow parents on this journey because it's not easy, and especially in these times um, where really things are changing every day and and I think we have a real responsibility to our youth to stay informed and to keep doing our personal work to unlearn and I'm I'm in that I'm in it with you and I so I kind of offer my that space on my radiance and ritual as a place of solidarity um because yeah as I move through things as like I'm constantly being challenged and I'm constantly um up leveling you know like I I want to yeah, just be transparent about my process. I, I'm, I'm not a perfect human and, and I, I just really, like, I celebrate that. And uh, so people like, connect me with IG. I don't have a website or anything right now, but D Dharma Temple, um, certainly I'm managing that platform as well. So, um, yeah, just continue to be the light and embrace your shadow and, um, and just, yeah, lean into the simple tools that work during this time. Um, it doesn't have to be a particular brand or come ha come down from a, a specific teacher. Just like trust the trust what's coming to you as medicine, mm -hmm. and and then you know open your heart to it and and allow it to be what it needs to be on at any particular day. Like what works for you, 
you know, right now might not work next week. So just being open, just I think, especially in this time where we're get, we're all, we're being asked to slow down and pause, it's about taking that taking that time to listen and open to the wisdom that is here for you and it always is um, when we get quiet enough to just listen. That's really what it all comes down to, isn't it? Learning to listen. Well, thank you everybody for uh, taking the time to listen <laughs> to this conversation uh, with my lovely partner, SJ. Uh, she's been an incredible support for me in my own life, in my recovery, and in my teachings, and in my being a, a father, and in, in all aspects of my life. And I think if you are somebody who listens to these uh, podcasts and you know maybe you're new to recovery or you're newer to uh, spiritual practices or you've been let down before, um, I think a, you know exploring, um, connecting with a community uh, that is you know we are sort of considered to be a bit like misfits. Like when I teach at the men's camp, people even some of the older generation people are like, oh. Here comes the rebels, you know, and and I think it's important to have a group of people who are because you can feel isolated in that. Like it's like I don't know where I fit in all of this, and and that can kind of be disheartening, especially when you're new in in recovery or new to uh, any kind of like s spiritual work, and it's a bit like whoa, this is a bit much. And then you go, you know, you Google. <laughs> kundalini yoga and you see all of the stuff that's going on you think i don't want anything to do with that um i think uh what we've been doing is really building a community that's about the community and encouraging people to be themselves in relationship to the techniques it's not about becoming something those of you who listen to the podcast have heard me say that many times it's about taking away the things that aren't you mm -hmm. and to me that's what recovery is right it's like uh, drinking or taking drugs that's not me so I'm going to take those things away which is a hard thing to do mm -hmm. and that could be patterns or it could be you know uh, intergenerational things that you know you don't even realize where they came from or whatever mm -hmm. it might be so uh, doing something like Aquarian Luminosity or getting involved uh, with Dharma Temple if you live nearby or even just reaching out like you can always hit me up uh, Tiago Prem uh, on Instagram, a lot of you have done that, or you can send an email uh, to tiagoprem at thedharmatemple.com, uh, or you can also send a message to the Dharma Temple and uh, or Radiance and Ritual, and SJ will get it if you're a young mother or whatever it might be. Um, what's that? Oh, sorry, I got to, uh, I was getting some hand signals, but sometimes I'm not great at reading the hand signals. Um, but yeah, you can get in touch with us about those things, and and we're evolving, you know, we're going through these processes right now where we're just like, okay, obviously we're being called to continue to do this work. And we don't know what that looks like going forward. What we do know is we've seen a lot of people's lives uh, impacted in a positive way. And we've seen them go out to serve in their own communities in their own way. And so we need to keep doing this and going together. Um, and it's okay to not know. Uh, it's really important to connect with the people who inspire you and the people who you love as we go through this challenging time and fill your lives with things that uh, also inspire you, whether it's listening to podcasts like this or 
reading or listening to music or gardening or whatever it is that you do keep doing those practices that inspire you and bring you a little closer to who you are even if you're feeling like what the hell is happening to this world so yeah i think that's it for the episode and thanks so much for listening lots of love take care